Start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is the interesting and up-and-coming Mackenzie Westmore. Welcome to the show. Well, hello there. I like up and coming. I never get that anymore, so thank you. Yeah, she's been at this a while. (laughs) But I like up and coming. I'll take it. Yeah, it's It's good. Yeah, it means it means you are still on your trajectory. I I agree with that. I am. I feel like, you know, it is there there's there's still a journey ahead. There there's still chapters to be told. And and dynastic. You're what the third generation of of makeup royalty in this town? Fourth. Fourth. Actually. Fourth generation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Westmore being the third. Third. Evidently. Yeah. His his grand yeah. grand parent was into it apparently so it's my my great grandfather uh then my grandfather my dad then me that's not e- an easy life <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know my parents were notable in local news here so just you know and i have to live up to it so you have four times the the load you know i gotta say though my my dad is is such a love bug and such a sweetheart he never ever once I, I put the stress on myself to be honest with you he never put the pressure or stress on me to um continue the family name or live up to the family name that was that never came into the equation the only thing that ever came up in conversations were you know i had a passion for singing when i was growing up i sang opera starting at seven wow. and when when he saw that and discovered that he he fully supported it and he would take me on set to star trek and he was like hey brent brent spiner he's like brent mckenzie can sing can you give her some singing lessons yeah sure and we get singing lessons from brent spiner so wow. that was <laughs> oh and he sings like an angel he does oh, he, he sings does. old oh. yellow eyes is back what a great album <gasps> Oh, my God. Brent Spiner, if he ever hears this, most beautiful voice. Brent, truly. And I know Brent, and I I know he'll be blushing to hear this. The most beautiful voice ever. And I was always, as a little kid, in awe having voice lessons with him. And I'm in awe, too. And I wasn't even there. Yeah, I'm impressed. (laughs) Yeah, that's... So how was... was... And Denise Crosby. Actually, Denise Crosby would give me acting lessons when I would go visit set. How cute is that? Oh, that had to be adorable. It was adorable. really cute, yes. It was It was a fun little family we had on Star Trek. <laughs> wow. Because you'd have been, what, 10 or something? And Yeah, oh, I was. God. I was 9, 10 years old. Yeah. And I remember LeVar Burton, he would always give me like, little tips. 
And uh, I'll never forget like sitting on stage. And I, I used to love, my mom hated it, God bless her, because she hated it. But I used to love to just sit there for hours in the darkness and just watch. I love to just watch everything happen. And I remember one day just sitting there trying to be quiet, minding my own business, and Mavar from all the way across set, Mac, how you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, trying to be like incognito and like I'm this little like ten year old that's like trying to like mind my own business and <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, LeVar Burton knows me <laughs> I'm, totally I'm making squeal noises. Don't mind me. I know. I totally squealed. <laughs> so what were Halloween's like around your house? They must have been either oh. fantastic or boring. And I don't think they were boring. Never boring. Boring did not even <laughs> enter the equation. That didn't that didn't exist in our, our vocabulary. Um, well, first of all, I would I would try to have um, Halloween parties. Um, just to give you a little backstory, I was I was the nerd growing up. I was I was definitely the fat kid, so I was I was never um, the popular one. That's hard to so imagine. I never really had. Yeah, that was that was that was me. That was uh, me as a little kid. I was I was bullied. I was picked on. So I didn't really have friends. So on the rare occasion that I, I actually was able to talk kids into ha- getting coming over to my house for for uh, a party, it always was Halloween. Um, and whether it was because I was the, the fat nerd or maybe because my, my parents terrorized them through Halloween, I don't know. Maybe that's why I lost friends. Uh, but <laughs> we had a Halloween party where my dad, he dressed up as Skeletor. My brother dressed up as Freddy Krueger, and <laughs> we were all sitting at the dinner table, just like minding our own business. And, like, <laughs> sure, just Skeletor and... at the dinner. Did he? Yeah. Well, didn't didn't he like create the Skeletor look for the movie? He did. Yeah. My dad created Skeletor for He Man, the movie. Yeah. And so my dad shows up at the the window. My brother has the the claws like running across another. Ooh. Well, of course, all these little girls just like freak out. One of them, my, my grandparents were staying us with us with us at the time. One of them ran upstairs and actually jumped in bed with my grandfather, not even knowing him, just jumped in bed <laughs> terrified. <That> Save <laughs> me. <laughs> wow. And I'm laughing. I thought it was hysterical, but then I was like, okay, come on, you can't really do this. Like this isn't cool. <laughs> like no wonder I have no friends. Like <laughs> I'm already fat and hurt. And then you gotta do this to me? Like <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It was really I mean, honestly, Halloween was was um I always felt bad because I you know, whenever there was a contest of it was like a no brainer I would win first first prize. And the best story I gotta say was one time driving to school when I was really little I was obsessed with the musical cats like I said I sang and I, I loved musicals mm-hmm. and I loved the musical cats my dad did this gorgeous makeup on me of of turning me into a jellical cat and we were driving to school and he did this beautiful paint job on my face and we're driving to school and the police pull us over and my parents are trying to figure out what did we do we didn't speed we didn't run a red light we didn't do anything well the police pulled us over because they saw my face when they pulled up next to us and they just wanted to see it closer. They were so impressed with the makeup. They just wanted to see it closer. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for making no, me late to school. You a heart attack. For... <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. And we're late to the party. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so Halloween was always a big one. And to be honest with you, you know, growing up for me, 
it was like no stranger to have like gallons of fake blood around it was like not odd to have fake body parts like it just it wasn't it, it just was normal to me like that was normal the only thing that ever scared me was when i was really little i must have been like four or five years old and my dad had done the original land of the lost uh-huh. and wait we, my dad had a, a lab attached to our house at the time and you had to walk the house was up up down the hill and you had to walk down the stairs to go to the garage and the lab and i remember going down to the lab and it was one of those moments where i was like i'm gonna be brave and i'm gonna go by myself and i'm gonna do this by myself and i go down there my mom i don't know where she was she was i think cooking or doing something and i just wandered out of the house by myself walked down to the lab nobody was there i flipped on the light and there was the head of the slee stack staring at me (laughs) i screamed bloody murder and i ran as fast as i could back up to the house I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, makeup in, in that show wasn't that scary. I mean, there was Shaka, but he wasn't scary. He was kind of like no, cave, but a sleeve boy, but a sleeve stack. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and it, four years old, and you don't know what you're looking at, but big black bulbous eyes and a green pointy head. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, of course. It's it's funny the connections that uh, that we all have. I mean. Uh, uh, the Slee Stack were from Land of the Lost, which was created and written by David Gerald. And he's a friend of the show. He's you know. yeah, he's a friend. He's a friend of ours. And then awesome. uh, I was looking at uh, IMDb and noticing that uh, uh, did you work two on or stuff two, two or three people that I know, uh, uh, Lee Berger, Brian Tatoski, uh, uh, Dan Smezak. And uh, not Sleestack. No, Sleestack. <laughs> and Matt Linder uh, all worked at, uh, and and Chris Bergman all worked at Rhythm and Hughes, which is where I worked. No, oh, uh, so it's and like, they, and they all worked on on movies that you were in. <laughs> so so we're, now we're playing six degrees from from Mackenzie Westmore. That's it. That is so. Well, my mom never mind Kevin really Bacon. Six. There are really only six people in the industry, and the rest is smoke and mirrors. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Non-player characters. I'm, I'm almost convinced my mom is right on that one. <laughs> same, same walk-on people, you know, wig, change the wig, yeah. change the dress. <laughs> exactly. Change the outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and exactly. it, it's it's incredible how the connections intertwine and, and how how close and tight-knit the entertainment community really is. Yeah, yeah. And and you've it's been very and true. your whole life has been that. <laughs> yeah, know. it really has. I mean, like I said, it was it was just normal for me to grow up with all these things around me. You know, it, it was it was normal that Cher came over to our house to oh, that's have, right, mask you know, yeah. her makeup done for mask. Yeah. It was normal that Robert De Niro was my babysitter when I was three years old. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> like that uh-huh. was normal that was my life that's how i got raging bull because he babysat me and he was comfortable with me and he went to my parents and said can she play my daughter um you know there was nothing abnormal i'll never forget another movie my dad was doing another movie um uh, oh god ice oh, caveman um oh, ice man ice man thank you and john lone was starring in it mm-hmm and and if, of course, you know, I again, little girl had a little girl crush on him, and he well, was getting. Well, God, who wouldn't? Done. He's adorable, I, right? Okay, thank you. I mean, just like John Lone was like, oh, 
So I, you know, my jungle gym was in behind in, in the, the, the lab. John Lone was getting a face cast done and uh, he was, he was done with the face cast. And he was sitting waiting. My dad was in another area running the rubber, but like away. So he couldn't hear what was going on. Well, I was trying to be cool and like, you know, hanging in my jungle gym and I got all caught up and tangled. And so I started screaming, yelling for help, and John Lone came out and rescued me. And it was like, what are those oh moments? Where... <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like a complete idiot, but at the same time, John Lone's saving my life from my jungle gym that's about to kill me. <laughs> and you lived to tell the tale. And I lived, I know. And the tale that you're the telling today is about... Yeah, if we, if we don't put in something about your current project, your publicist will hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what's your new thing? What's the new thing that you're excited about? Well, I've got a bunch of new things coming. Um, some I can talk about, some I can't. But uh, the one I can talk about right now, obviously, is uh, Westmore Beauty. Uh-huh. I, I do have a cosmetic line because with all this rich history, you know, I... I coming from this makeup family and you know then going on to face off to do a makeup show it just clicked for me you know after 10 years almost 10 years of of doing a soap opera and having that rug pulled out from under me I thought when I did face off I thought you know what I want a backup plan for this because obviously shows can go away and you don't know it and I thought this only makes sense I, I was like wait a second I got a makeup family great history i'm on a makeup show this would be really stupid to not start a makeup line right now so <laughs> i talked to my dad about it and he was like yeah you know it's it, it only makes sense that you you start something like this you have my blessing to do this so i teamed up with an amazing chemist um mm-hmm. doug cooper and we worked together to create what became westmore beauty and we took it to qvc because we thought that would be the best place to launch it Mm-hmm. And I feel honored and blessed that they jumped on it right away. And I'll never forget uh, launching on QVC, gosh, seven years ago now, I think, and selling out my first time on camera. And um, it's it's all about taking my family's history and lineage and, you know, all the, the projects. Like my grandfather did Gone with the Wind and my great uncles did Ten Commandments and Creature from the Black Lagoon and all these great iconic films and taking all their inventions of you know individual false eyelashes and translucent powder and the airbrush compressor um how to shape the eyebrow uh you know all these inventions of my family taking that and putting it into easy to use products today and that's why i've created what we call the 60 second effects line so a lot of the products that we're we're launching now are exactly that and i've i actually have one product that's um when the customer choice award two years in a row now uh Ooh. the 60 second eye effects Mm-hmm. which I, I, I'm not allowed to say it on, on camera, but I can say it here. I like to dub, I dub it Botox in a bottle because it really is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't legally say it on camera. But, <laughs> but it really, it gets rid of lines, wrinkles, bags, puffiness. And I'm, I'm hearing from customers how they're creatively using it on other parts of their face. Um, and it, it doesn't flake. It doesn't crack. It doesn't turn white. And it works on any skin tone and it lasts 24 hours and what's the name of the product again it's called the 60 second eye effect 60 second eye effect boy we need this for zoom calls she's half the half the filmmakers if you go on my tiktok actually there Uh i had a morning where i had just been doing so many qvcs at 4 a.m and I was ravaged, and I had such 
puffiness and dark circles under my eyes. And I was like, you know what? This is real. This is life. And this is the life we're living right now. We're all Zooming right now. And so I took a video and it was 4 a.m. And I, I took a video on my TikTok of my puffy baggy eyes and I put the product on and I sped the camera up so you don't, you don't have to wait the 60 seconds mm -hmm. to watch the whole thing. And you see my eyes all of a sudden just go like, like it's almost like Spanx for your face. You broke the house. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a mental image. I'll be right back. That's a mental image. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yes, you can thank me for that later for creating spanks for your face. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're you couldn't be more right though. This was the exact right time to uh to do your own product line, you know, and to Yeah. It was the exact right time to do this. And the Westmore legacy is is something that uh uh well, name recognition you won't no yeah. other nobody else has it's it's not only well, you're not only you're it's not only helping you you're helping it well you know it's funny you say that because i always related to and people are always like where are you going with this but have you ever seen the movie coco yes, yes. loved it yes okay I'm a huge fan of that movie and one of the things that has always gotten me is that i know a lot of people know my family but i also i i recognize that the family name is not as big as it once was. And I'll never forget when I saw Coco and that scene where he goes to get the guitar from his friend and his friend is dying because he's been forgotten. Oh, yeah. And the soul goes off. He, he dissolves and the soul is gone. Mm -hmm. And that broke my heart because I thought that's kind of how I feel with Westmore Beauty. I feel like I'm keeping the, the family's photo on the the ofrenda like i'm keeping it going i'm I'm keeping the family name and the, the photo going i don't want to let the legacy or the history or the memories die i want this history to live on i want people to always know and say the name westmore for my family i want my family to continue on to live on i want the soul to live on that's a very beautiful thing, and just thank that you. That got very that. deep. Sorry, <laughs> it is deep, but that's that's beautiful. From, from spanks to your face to <laughs> so living on. There's so there's but so there's so much, uh, and I'm stammering. Can you imagine? I'm... Can, well, can you imagine Dia de los Muertos uh, makeup done by her? Woo. Oh, this is, you know, is, I did do one for Halloween one year idea. actually. Oh, really? I cool. think that's on my TikTok also. Yeah, I think that's on there also. We got to go. I had a great time doing that. So, um, yeah, um, uh, f one of my apprentices. Okay. It, okay. Cut. We're not, we're not talking about ourselves. I know that. I know that. But one of my apprentices uh, uh, was, his focus was on makeup effects. And uh, he studied the work of your family. And that launched his career. Really? Okay. Who, yeah. who is that? And the Jeff Farley. Oh, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, practical, practical and makeup effects, and he ended up doing uh, Babylon Five and a whole bunch of other stuff. Oh wow! Well, and I love hearing that. I love hearing how how people, you know, were inspired by my family or 
you know, they they um, went to my family's school or, you know, studied under my family. But there are times where I hear from, you know, the up and coming generation that they don't know the Westmore name. And that's what kills me. And that's where I felt I needed to step in to keep the family's name alive and going. I, I, I felt I it was that's where I felt my duty was, was to not just create a makeup line, but to to educate the up and coming generation that this was a big makeup dynasty. I mean, I've always called my family the makeup mafia, really, because <laughs> they they ran Hollywood at one time. You know, they really did. Uh, you know, run those studios. Yeah, and, but they'll put they they'll put fake say. they'll put fake blood in your bed. That's the thing. That's that. Oh the, yeah, <laughs> and might not always be fake. Yeah, <laughs> you don't always know. <laughs> Rubber horses. So, and, I, and the other thing too, when I was when I was about seventeen, I'll never forget the other thing that got me. And this is what started my passion for wanting to continue the family name. When I was about sixteen, seventeen years old, my dad did an, an interview for the L.A. Times. And they called him the last of the living dinosaurs. He was oh, the last hey, one to. And when, yeah. was, when was this? I was 16, 17 years old. So this was several decades ago. And it was well, the LA a lot, Times. A lot they knew. And they, well, and they, they, because he was the last one. Because when you think about it, everything has been compartmentalized now. You really don't have anybody that sketches, runs the rubber, and does the application. You have different people do all those jobs now. Hmm. So he was the last one to do all of that at the same time. So when I saw that article come out, I was like, huh, I don't like this. I'm not like, I don't, this is not sitting well with me. I'm not letting my dad be the last. Actually, your father is not the last because Jeff Farley actually does all of those things. Well, and if, well, but but, but that, that was later. Yeah, that was later, but Jeff Farley it follows in that in the in the tradition. Well, and and, and if it and if it were still true, there wouldn't be a face-off show because those guys are required yeah, to do all this. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And but I think I think I that's what informed that that show. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I loved so much about doing Face Off, and that's why I was so honored to have gotten Face Off. And actually, I have my dad to thank for getting Face Off, um, because I, you know, really, I I almost didn't get that job. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but I was very close to not getting that job. That's weird. They were lucky to get you. Well, you know why? Because they they saw me as a soap opera actress. And they Mm -hmm. wanted either, they were, I know Sci-Fi was looking at a YouTube makeup artist to host it. Mm -hmm. um, Or um, a full-fledged special effects makeup artist. They couldn't wrap their brain around the concept of a soap opera actress hosting this show, which I get it. I get it. Uh, Dwight Smith, one of the executive producers, he actually worked on General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And they were interviewing my dad for being a judge, a staple judge. And my dad went in and God bless my dad because he said, you know, if you don't hire me as a judge, have you looked at my daughter as a host? And it's like, here my dad's being an agent. Yeah. And they're like, that's an interesting thought. And then Dwight Smith, he goes, wait a second. Your daughter was on Passions. I worked on General Hospital. And he put two and two together. And he was like, this makes so much sense. She grew up knowing all this stuff. She grew up in the lab. She grew up seeing all of this get made and how well it's done. So he was the one that tried to talk sci-fi into this. Well, sci-fi still wasn't quite getting it. So they, they kept interviewing me. I think I interviewed like seven times, I want to say, for, for, mm. for Face Off. Um, the first time I was too hosty. The second time I wasn't hosty enough. And it was like there was always something. It was like I wasn't quite clicking. But Dwight kept fighting for me. And finally, it just it clicked. And it worked, and 
Um, you know, I, I'm so grateful that everybody kind of, you know, it made sense to everybody and they hired me and mm-hmm. I, I, I just hope they bring it back one day. I, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that there's there's a world for it to come back somehow. Yeah, I, I think there probably is because there's there are a lot of new adherents to the old ways uh, where, oh, yeah. where in order to create something like that, you really have to be a, uh, a, a renaissance person. You know, like yeah. you were saying, you have to be able to come up with the concepts and do the drawings and, and uh, do the sculpt and run the rubber and, and do the application and understand how all of this stuff fits together to create the final impression, you know, the final yeah. look on screen. You know, that takes some dedication. That's that's life stuff. It's yeah. A, and there's a whole new generation that's coming up, too. You know, people have said, uh-huh. well, you know, maybe there's there's not enough people out there that could, you know cut it that could be you know be uh, contestants and and i always respond going do you realize how many people grew up watching the show well now they're old enough to where they could compete and that's why through the pandemic on my instagram i started uh my own like little mini face-off challenge mm-hmm. where you know i i teamed up with a, a company called relaxicare and they were gracious enough that every week i would i would run a challenge and do it very face-off style, and I would have a judge with me, and sometimes it was um, Aaron Kruger-McCash, it was V. Neal, um, James McKinnon, my dad, Patrick. Um, I'd have different people come on, and then also people like Patrick Starr, mm-hmm. um, Shruti Hassan. You know, I'd have celebrities come on, and they would judge, and, and Relaxacare would give away um, – a massager, a shoulder massager or a foot massager because, you know, people needed relaxation through these crazy times. And then Aaron was always great about giving away American Horror Story, makeup stuff, palettes, different things. Um, So it was really cool. If you look on my IGTV, you'll see some of the past episodes that we did. And it was it was a fun way to get through these crazy times and to give people a little give give back and give people a little bit of face off back too. Well, and there's there's a whole uh, line of new products from uh, Smooth On. You know, the the they make the the uh, cosmetic silicones. You know, mm-hmm. the whole transition away from uh, foam rubber into the translucent material that gives you the subsurface light scattering. That right. You know, I mean, you can tell the old style makeup from the new stuff because the yeah. new stuff it 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 transmits light the way flush does and the old stuff yeah. you had just had to put pancake over it and hope for the best right you know uh, yeah, exactly you mean the you mean you mean the sleeve stacks were real come on they were real <laughs> tell me they're real <laughs> thank god they were not <laughs> yeah there were well there were supposed to be good sleeve stacks and bad sleeve i didn't don't remember much about the show they were mostly kind of primitive and hungry and there I think was they're all bad there was like one time traveling one who wasn't so bad, and was he that? was from I ancient times. I just remember, and as far as I remember, they were all bad. <laughs> well, for to you they were because they were. Yeah, scary. to me they were evil. <laughs> it was com- like like many other science fiction shows. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So we just saw. Speaking of science fiction shows, we just you know, pay, doing our, our show prep. We found a picture of you on uh, Star Trek Picard. Yes, yes. I so you I still went, got the hand over in there. there couple of times i've been on there a couple of times playing an alien over there i was just on the most recent one um yeah i i've been having some fun going over there playing a an alien called ramsu which um neville page created 
he reached out to me originally. He had this concept um, when Picard first launched. And he said, you know, how would you feel about playing an alien? I was like, cool, yeah, why not? And when he named it, if you look at it, it's Westmore without the T spelled backwards. Oh, <laughs> so it is. Yeah, this is a little Easter oh, egg for so old cool. Trekkie fans. That's yeah. so cool. So he he really wanted to pay homage to my family and and to my dad and to you know bringing back the Westmore name and and the idea of of aliens in my family and because uh, we always joke too that but both my dad and I are are A negative RH negative blood types and apparently that's the lizard blood. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know that if you know is this. unusual. You, that's hard. Have you heard of this? You you must have never get sick never get run over by a by a trolley car and never never need a transfusion because that could get <laughs> well difficult. that's yeah it's 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 very dangerous if we if we ever need blood because it's, it's a very blood. rare blood type and but it apparently we are lizard people so <laughs> okay somebody had to be somebody has to do it so tough, tough job so somebody's so, got to do it you know it. what la familia is unique in many ways yes indeed so, any more in your generation uh, working in the industry now? My cousins. Um, I know Candace. Um, I know uh, a lot of my cousins. Uh, they're they're still doing makeup. Um, there are times I've tried to talk my son into it, but it's just not looking good. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely going a whole other route of, of football and, and bodybuilding and weightlifting. And I mean, it's six feet tall and 185 pounds at 15 years old. <laughs> I think he's, no, yeah, but, he's, you know, he's but you know what? a whole other path. Professional bodybuilders <laughs> need body makeup. I'm telling you. That's true. That's true. They do. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. That's very true. If he decides to compete <laughs> in that, true. he's going to need you. Well, and the other thing that's is that he's, you know, at his age, he's got a lot of years before he figures out what he really wants to do with his life. And he may circle, that's very true. He may circle back around. That's very true. I mean, at 15, that is. Yeah. I mean, that very few people know it at a young age, at 15, what they want to do. So he has an idea of what he wants to go to college for, but... I, you know, at the end of the day, you're right. It could always circle back around. So you never know. You never know. Yeah, heck, I I'm. Would, I would love to see the family's name carry on somehow. Heck, I'm 65, and I I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, yeah, but compare <laughs> that with you, uh, know. you know 1975. You know, you still had someone to be a Trekkie geek with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Susan and I go I way it. back. We go way back. I love it. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of geeky love stories, I, I see your husband's name is also involved in Face Off, but but there there must be more to this story. Yes, there is definitely more to this story. So when we first, uh, I'm trying to think like how to have the best timeline to tell this. I guess I guess I'll just tell as as we met on the show. So when we first met on the show, we. I didn't know who he was. I'll be flat out honest, had no clue who he was. And everybody screamed at me, like, how do you not know who Patrick Totopoulos is? Like, he's got the resume of all resumes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have no clue who this is. You didn't guy know is. production designers? <laughs> had no clue. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, to the point where I even botched his name. And all the, the contestants yelled at me. <laughs> I think I called him Tatopoulos. <laughs> and all of them screamed, it's Totopoulos! <laughs> sorry. Tadpole. He's a tadpole. No. <laughs> He's a tadpole. <laughs> well, I was not really liking him, to be honest with you, because what I was told was we were filming that day, and I was told that he couldn't be bothered to show up that day. So in my mind, I was like, oh, 
who does this guy think he is? Really? Like, I showed up. I'm here working, and he can't be bothered. Mr. Big Shot, like, okay. <laughs> so I really didn't have much to do with him for a while. I was, I was, I was cordial, but I wasn't too nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just left it as is. So come to find out, though, over time, his contract hadn't been signed, and his agents told him, don't go to set. Don't go to work. You can't go until your contract's signed. Well, nobody told me that. All I was told was that he couldn't be bothered to show up. Oh. So I had this preconceived idea of this guy, and I felt so bad then. And so we got to talking, and the real story comes out. I apologized to him. I said, I'm so sorry if I was ever an ass to you. I'm so sorry. So time goes on. We get to know each other. We get to we become friends. We all became friends. Glenn, V, we all get to talking. We all created this like little family. And as time goes on, I realized I, one day like I'm looking at him and it clicks for me and I go, wait a second, you look familiar to me. And all of a sudden, because I've got one of those weird memories, I've got a photographic memory. That's why I was able to memorize 50 or more pages when I was on Passions. I could <laughs> memorize 50 pages in, in like 20 minutes and like <sighs> go on. That's why. I mean, I could, I was all, they could call me one take wonder because I could just get it done and move on. Like we would do a hundred pages in a day. So I'm looking at Patrick and I'm going, you look so familiar and it clicked for me oh my god i i told him i said we met when i was 17 years old we were at a birthday party at a mutual friend jake garber actually who's a makeup artist i said we were at his birthday party i said you walked in front of me you really didn't pay much attention to me but i noticed you and I, and I described exactly what he was wearing, and he has zero clue. He has zero memory of this. But we actually went to Jake, and we found a photo, and it was exactly as I described him. <laughs> wow. I, at 17, was like, he was this Adonis to me. And then here we are all these years later, and I was like, I knew it. I knew it was you. I knew that it was you. So here we are then. You know, we, we I, then it's like, okay, we put this two and two together. Then, on top of that, we come to find out, as as he had come to America and he was starting to work in labs, he had worked on Star Trek. And what we didn't know was that my dad, when he won the Emmy for that alien that came out of the stomach on Star Trek, mm-hmm. my dad, you know, he would always outsource to different labs and different people would help. Well, he didn't really, he, he knew the different people working, but there always there's always somebody at the back of the lab that you never really, you don't really meet. You know, there's so many different moving pieces and so many different moving parts. You don't meet everybody that you work with. So my dad wins that that Emmy, but he never knew exactly who sculpted that alien. Well, come to find out, it was Patrick. And he was new to the country, but oh. shoved to the back of the lab because he was new to the country. So it's like, well, just sh- wow. shove, the, shove the immigrant in the back of the lab. <laughs> so would they joke to this day, because Patrick went to him and he said, well, you know, that's really, you know, you got my Emmy. And my dad said to him, well, you got my daughter. So we're even. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. That's a fair trade. <laughs> like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, well, please, God, no time soon. You should inherit it. But yeah. <laughs> so, but no. So it's been, we've been together now. We got married in 2015. Mm. So nice. it's, yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a fun ride. He's off in England right now working on a on a movie, mm-hmm. and he comes back Saturday for Christmas, and uh, well, that's that's he'll be home for a couple weeks. Yay! Yeah. So he's can, still. Can we ask designing. what movie, or is that too secret? 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say. I know no, it's out there, be, yeah, but I don't better. know if I'm allowed to say that he's attached to it. So probably yeah. better not to. I can say that it is um, a mystical one. It is um, uh, more more of a, a medieval feel. Um, I, it's probably all I should say because I don't know how much I can say. But it's it's very cool, and I'm super excited for him of this because it's something he's never done, and I'm I'm uh-huh. excited. Or what the viewers will see, and and I've I've read the script, and the script's phenomenal, and it's a story that's never been told, so I'm excited on that at that part too. So, who were you in Star Trek Insurrection in 1998? I, I see I this on your one credits of the list. Who? You were, okay. Yes. So if you see one of the like bleach blonde girls running around in the main background, that's mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> Long bleach blonde hair, really, really curly bleach blonde hair. That's me. Cool. <laughs> there were a lot of very pretty people in that picture. But I'm like, admit there were like five of us that were the main, and so you'll you'll see me like constantly, like you can't miss me. I'm like a beacon of light with that hair. Um, <laughs> I had it bleached out, and funny enough, because of that movie and being in the sun all the time, because I had it bleached improperly. It all broke off after that movie. Oh, no. And so I had to have all my hair cut off, and then I auditioned for Passions, and what they loved was I had short blonde hair because they wanted a Princess Diana uh, look and feel. <sighs> wow. So it worked. Yeah, well. <laughs> Can't complain. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, the plane going over. Yeah, we is may that... have to take take two sentences over again there. We we live like right under Van Nuys Airport, and we just had you you were just sh- drowned it. out. You didn't hear it. We did. It's our oh. job to hear it. So so it all broke off. So when I was doing um, insurrection as as the Baku, um, because I I had my hair bleached out for that role, I had such long hair, but I had it bleached improperly. It all broke off after oh, that movie because I was no. in the sun so much, and it was uh-huh. all gone. But the plus side was, even though it all broke off, I had this short pixie cut. I then auditioned for Passions, and they were looking for a Princess Diana feel. Oh well, <laughs> so serendipity. Well, there's always yeah. wigs, but they look like wigs, you know. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, how did the how did the acting thing come in? Did that happen before the makeup, or did you you just fall into that, or did it was it something you actively pursued? Did you go to acting I, school? So when I was three, um, well, actually, when I was one, I got a, a commercial uh, for Bold Detergent. Um, I, I, all they needed was for me to take a couple of steps and my mom and my sister worked to get me to take a couple of steps since I wasn't walking yet. <laughs> so they got me, they worked with me to take a couple of steps and that's that was all I needed and I got the job. So I did that. Then when Raging Bull happened, I did that. And then I went through a period where I was very shy to the point where I became mute and I, I wouldn't speak and I would hide behind my mom's legs. And I wouldn't talk to anybody and I just, I wouldn't, I, that was it. My mom being Canadian, she wasn't a, a big believer in like therapy or anything like that. Um, so what they did is she and my dad put me in acting classes to get me out of my shell. And I wouldn't talk to anybody, but when I got on stage, the fact that I could be someone else, I felt comfortable. 
And I all of a sudden felt this freeness. And I felt like, okay, if I can't be me right now, I felt good about being someone else. And it did. It really helped break me out of this shell of whatever I was going through. And I fell in love with acting then. And so then I started doing a lot of theater. Um, every summer I would go to a theater camp. You know, like I said earlier, when I was seven, I started singing, started singing opera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I um, just fell in love with musical theater. My, my dream actually was to go to Broadway. That was my, my ultimate dream. And, you know, I, after that, I started to, after high school, I started auditioning. I, I got um, on the television show Weird Science. I did an episode of Dexter. Um, I did Friends. I did Mismatch with Alicia Silverstone. Um, did a bunch of different shows. And then, you know, I had passions. I was on Passions for nine years. I did all my children. Um, you know, did a bunch of independent films. And just, I, I've always loved acting. And, and I do have a, you know, another acting job coming up next year. Um, and and more to come actually so i'm i'm excited about that i've i've been wanting to get back into the acting realm and i'm i'm excited to do that cuz i i definitely miss acting that is uh that's an amazing life story you <laughs> you have been you have been really blessed to be like right at the center of of a, a bunch of timelines all crossing in the center but with <laughs> uniformly wonderful people yeah, I've been very lucky and very blessed on that side. That it's I, I've been surrounded with by a lot of good people. But I, I have to say, at the helm—no pun intended—with Star Trek. But at the helm has been my parents. My parents have been the the really at the front of it all, and and I'm really lucky to have had them to guide me along the way because they they've always been that voice of reason, never telling me what to do or how to do it or why to do it, but just being that beacon of light of guidance of of you know here's some suggestions take the information and do with it what you will and and that's where i feel really lucky and blessed is i always had them to guide me ladies and gentlemen you have been listening to the event horizon on sci-fi.radio and we are talking to mackenzie westmore thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the show it has been an absolute delight Thank you so much. You have been listening to episode 236 of Sci-Fi.Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for Saturday, February 5th, 2022. Our guest this evening has been actress, makeup artist, and Hollywood royalty, Ms. Mackenzie Westmore of the Hollywood Westmores. <laughs> this episode will air again on February 6th, 2022 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-Fi.Radio is listener-supported science fiction geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. If you enjoy programming like what you just heard, we ask you to please visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge 5 or $10 a month to help keep the station on the air. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian D. McGuire. 
The navigator was Christine Cherry. The captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2022 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.